November to all those crazy freaks out there. I'm sorry you're not getting any, I guess. Is that a real thing? Yeah, some <laughs> some guys are choosing not to nut this November. Well, that's too bad. And sorry. every November, apparently. Every November, no nuts. Yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about nuts. But December time is perfect for nuts, right? December is nut Chestnuts time. roasting on an open flame? <laughs> all right, and on that, we're going to move on. Go ahead. Anyways, welcome. <laughs> That's a, a beautiful introduction. Uh, welcome to the Unrestricted Movie Podcast with Josh and Ryan. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan. And of course, I'm Josh, and we like to record all about our thoughts about movies that we were never allowed to watch as youth. Hell yeah. And we have a special guest with us today. Josh, do you want to introduce our guest? Absolutely. So today we have my friend Jesse uh, joining us on the podcast. How's it going, Jesse? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Doing good, man. It's nice to have a trio yeah, it's Again. good to have you, especially yeah. for this movie. Um, you and Josh have obviously seen this movie for the first time, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll get into your thoughts, but uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, tell us a little bit about your your background when it comes to rated R movies. Okay, so uh, as far as rated R movies go, haven't really seen a whole lot. Um, wasn't really allowed to watch them as a kid very much. Uh, probably the first one I ever saw was like The Matrix or something. And nice. Probably when I was like 12 or something like that. I don't know, really. Good um, choice. Yeah. 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 I haven't really seen a lot. You know, bits and pieces here and there, probably. Nice. Awesome. I and think so. The Matrix was one of my first Radar mov- movies, too. I-, I saw it around the same time it came out, like 12 years old. Um, well, you probably. Uh, you you're, probably you're younger than I am, it, I, yeah, I believe, right? So <laughs> I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I saw it on DVD okay. well after it came out. <laughs> yeah, I saw it in 1999 when it came out, and yeah, it kind of blew my mind. <laughs> right on, man. It's a good movie. Um, so, so, go you, ahead. <laughs> let's just talk all over each other, Ryan. <laughs> okay, um, one, two, three, go. Go. Okay, so, Jesse, um, for our audience that maybe doesn't know the rest of your background, maybe could you explain a little bit about your religious background? Um, and that kind of thing. You talked about rated R movies a little bit, but what what's your relationship to religion and all of that stuff that we occasionally talk about on the podcast? Okay. So I was uh, I was born uh, a Mormon, been going to church, you know, doing all that my whole life. Just recently stopped, you know, just didn't go to church. So I was like, what's the point of keeping going? Like, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of questions there too. So, um, but yeah, I grew up with you know Mormon parents, so they were just very restrictive when it came to media um you know parental controls and everything on the on the cable and the internet and all that so wow you know didn't get all experience a whole lot i mean you know public school does a lot for you but (laughs) (laughs) that is true the internet right (laughs) yeah get around those parental controls on the internet easy how recent are we talking uh, about leaving the church um probably around the same time as josh and marissa so you know I don't know, a few months ago, a year ago, something like that, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't been active for a couple of years, probably, but, like, actually, like, left, you know. Yeah. Are, are you enjoying kind of catching up on the movies you've missed? Uh, I mean, I so I never really had any issues, really, with watching anything that was rated R. Like, once I left my parents' house, I just never really had a whole lot of interest to just be like, oh, I want to watch a bunch of movies that I haven't seen. Right. It's just, you know, if something popped up, I was like, oh, I haven't seen that. It sounds good. I want to watch it. I watch it. Um, like, after I heard the Fight Club episode, I watched that, you know. Nice. Not a great movie, in my opinion, <laughs> but, you know. Wait, so, wait. So, how many Golden Idols, though? Yeah, why, why don't we raise Fight Club? Give us, give us a rating for Fight another Club. So for me, uh, I would probably give it like two, maybe two and a half idols at most. It was like, I mean, I went, in, I, went in, <laughs> I went in knowing the plot twist, but not knowing the actual plot. So right, because you listened to our episode. Well, first that, before. but also like I knew it before, but oh, yeah. um, it was just I don't know. It the the storyline was just super slow, not very interesting to me. The plot twist was really the only good part about the movie. So you know. Fair enough. I, I hate cool. that comment, but fair enough. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, really. Like I, I know tons of people that didn't like the movie, and I like it for my own reasons, probably because of nostalgia more than anything. But Sure. That's not the movie we're talking about, right? It's not. We're talking about The Hangover today. Yes, we are, and we, <laughs> we're, we're bringing authenticity to the mix on today's episode. Uh, we're right. here on the roof of my apartment complex <laughs> with... Uh, 
three. We're gonna do three shots of Jägermeister, just like they do in the movie. Wait, wait, wait. Three, three shots three, each? No. Three, <laughs> what? Three shots total between the three of right, us. Right. So there's oh. three of us. We're each gonna do a shot of Jägermeister. Right. Yeah. And Josh, you asked if I was gonna bring the Rohypnol. No, I am not gonna bring the roofies. Oh yeah. You know we don't want to get stuck up here on the roof tonight. So, so we're good. All right. So here we go. So let's go ahead and pour the we glasses. Have, this oh, is oh, your goblet, I believe. Is, Josh is drinking from a goblet, not a shot glass, and that, so am I. That's about a shot. Yeah, let's go. Jesse's got his shot. Now I'm getting mine. I'm a big fan is of that, Jagermeister. Is that good for you? Uh, maybe a little bit There's, more. I mean, there is only a teeny oh, bit okay. more. Oh, that, okay. That's, that's good. <laughs> no, the rest is mine. Okay. okay. All right, let's do a cheers. Yes. Oh, wait, 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 oh. wait, wait. I've got one more thing. Oh. What? Oh. oh there we go. There we go. Cheers. Mmm. Right on. Oh. <laughs> yes. Licorice. Okay. Okay, T.I. and Rihanna, that's enough. Um, well, this is perfect. We have the triumvirate here today. We have a trio here. Yes. We are the three best friends that anybody could have. <laughs> what is that best. from? That's from the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, oh, yeah, okay. And he sings it in the car. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone can have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. We're the best three friends that anybody could have. I mean, the three best friends that anybody could have. Zach Galifianakis steals <laughs> oh the show well, in this, this movie. This is the dude. movie that made his career. Yeah, I, and rightfully so, because he nailed it. Yeah, he, his humor is just on point in this movie, and I don't know, like, how familiar you guys are with his career. Like, did you guys ever watch his uh, his comedy shorts Between, Between Two Ferns? Ferns? Yeah. I've seen a little bit. He would interview time. celebrities and just, like, right. be awkward. Like, be him. Yeah. Did, so, but this is after he found his star, right? Or is this before? I think the Between the Two Ferns was before. Oh, okay. He, yeah. I think he continued it, like, after he got famous right. and was kind of done with a lot of stuff. Right. Gotcha. So, was he just like a stand-up comedian he or was. something? Yeah, he has a very good comedy special, um, Live at the Purple Onion or Red Onion? Something onion, what some colored it? onion. Yellow onion? <laughs> yeah, look, uh, check out his live stuff. He does uh, piano and music stuff. It's really good. Nice. Yeah, he's hilarious. Love that guy. Um, so, initial thoughts on the movie. Why don't we get into that? Just like... Uh, what was your initial impression? Um, I laughed my ass off basically the entire movie. Yeah? You That's really it. enjoyed it, It huh? was funny. So it's, it's interesting though because I've seen a lot of non-rated R comedy movies and I was picking up little influences from other movies I think that came before this one. So yeah. the first movie that came to my mind was Vegas Vacation. <laughs> okay? So there was like a little bit of like Vegas Vacation vibe to this. Of course, yeah. it takes place in Vegas. But I don't know. I loved it. I Like I said, it was hilarious for me. A lot of relatable stuff. Sure. Well, not, I don't know. Well, what not about, crazy. <laughs> well, what about you, Jesse? Um, so it was definitely a very funny movie. Plot, again, not the greatest for me. It jumped all over the place, in my opinion, but yeah. was hilarious. For okay, sure. So the plot flopped around like Ken Jong's penis. <laughs> That yes. So, yes. would you describe it as floppy? Because I, mean, I, I mean, it was kind of invisible. I, I, feel, yeah. I guess I'm just filling in the blanks. I'm sure it was <laughs> yeah, flopping it was around like, in there, there somewhere. Just like a little straw hanging out of the bush. It was a lot of bush. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ken Jong, he actually had to get Doctor Jong, as we should call him, because he's a doctor, mm, he's first, a doctor first and foremost. He actually got permission from his wife before filming this movie. That's so nice. Well, I guess that not he permission. Asked for permission. He, he said it was her blessing to show his junk on camera. <laughs> to you know, kind of show. <laughs> did, did, or does he have like pubic extensions or something? Or is that you think that's real? No, let's not. We don't want to go let's there. Let's not shame. Let's okay. not shame. Oh no, I'm not. You guys brought it. You guys brought it up. I said it was floppy. Right. Okay, you guys, it's your fault. So um, my initial uh, history with this movie was uh, so this came out in 2009, the summer of 2009. Uh, my wife and I had just gotten married, so this was one of the first movies that we saw as a married couple. 
Oh. And we were still in the church, and you know, we heard from everyone around us, "Don't go see this movie. It's 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 oh awful. God. It teaches horrible things." And <laughs> just like you guys, we laughed our asses did, off. Did and you learn any lessons from this movie, Ryan? <laughs> Lessons. Lots, of, lots of life lessons. Moral lessons. Yeah. I mean, hmm. you need to double check that your drug dealer is giving you ecstasy <laughs> and not roofies. That's that's probably the number one. And and check which Doug you're paying <laughs> ransom for. <laughs> yes, make sure it's the right Doug. Just a, a little background about the movie. So, directed by Todd Phillips, uh, starring Ed, Hel- Ed Helms, Bradley Cooper, Zach Galifianakis, Heather Graham, Justin Bartha, who you guys might recognize from uh, National Treasure. That's who I I've seen him is in. That, is yep. that the groom? he was like he was like the yeah, comedy he was relief. The groom. He was the groom oh, okay. in this movie. Yeah, um, but he was like the comedy relief in National Treasure. He was the tech guy. His name was Riley. Right, but okay. he's, he's playing the straight guy in this movie, right? Like not straight laced, very funny at yeah. all. And, and you never see him basically the entire movie. Yeah, he's right. at the beginning and then at the end, yeah. not really. So um, this film took 15 days to shoot in the Nevada desert and the Strip. They only took 15 days. Apparently, the three actors, the the trio there, they formed a friendship bond during that time, and they're still friends today. That's awesome. Um, they filmed on a, on a 35 million dollar budget. It grossed $467 million worldwide, which made it the highest grossing R-rated comedy of all time, beating Beverly Hills Cop, and later it was beat by the second Hangover. (laughs) Oh, okay. But yeah, like Eddie Murphy had that record for almost three decades. It's impressive. The idea for the Hangover came from an executive producer who blacked out at his own bachelor party, (laughs) (laughs) and he woke up in a strip club, owing them a lot of money, apparently. And then made a lot of money. Right? For his story. (laughs) I I feel like a lot of these ideas for movies just come from executive producers, like, their own lives. Like, I I don't know. Like, it seems like they come up with the idea, and then they say, okay, you write the script for it, instead of it coming more natural. I don't know. I, I, it seems I like know. that's how, how, Holly, how Hollywood works. I can't really. I figured it out. <laughs> you figured it out. Nice job, Ryan. That's amazing. I don't know. Go, go make. Go produce some movies now. Make us some money. I, I've got one little tidbit that's interesting. Lindsay Lohan was considered for the role of Jade, the the prostitute. Oh, she was an escort, I believe. And right, I'm sorry. Stripper uh, and escort. stripper slash escort. You know what? She's nice. Okay. She was a nice lady. She's a nice lady. I think nowadays we're more just in the general zeitgeist. We're more sex work positive when it comes to like talking about it and and opening up a dialogue about sex work and i don't know but this movie was back in 2009 so it was kind of still a thing that most people kind of cringe at i guess i don't know yeah like we said she was a nice character she was a nice woman definitely wife material okay Uh, it was kind of weird though when when the characters were like squirming in their seats when she was breastfeeding in the room (laughs) Uh, yeah i don't know it's a boob it's just a boob yeah. You know, I was expecting more nudity in this movie. Right? The yeah, only, huh? not, I don't know, I don't want to be too crass, but the only nudity we see is Ken Jeong, and mm-hmm. then you get like the Polaroids at the end. Yeah, like the, right. the like there was There was more nudity honestly, in the last 30 seconds. Yeah, they were credits. explicit. I know, yes, yeah, they the were. credits were like, I think the only part that was like really rated R for the <laughs> most part. Like, So apparently Zach, there, there's a Polaroid of Zach Galifianakis' character Alan getting fellatio. In the elevator. He was wearing a prosthetic. I was th- I was wondering about that. It was not his real penis. <laughs> he he said in interviews that he was really uncomfortable with it, and he tried to pay the producers to cut it out of the film. Oh, but really? It made it. <laughs> well, but the nudity right from the very beginning, like the first scene, we get to see behold all of Zach Galifianakis's <laughs> ass. Right, because he's wearing like a jock strap. A jock strap, right? And, <laughs> and he's like adjusting it, and like, oh yeah, you know. So <laughs> right, and his uh, new brother-in-law to be is just obviously really uncomfortable in his presence. <laughs> Um, how, how do you guys get uh, along with your in-laws? <laughs> <laughs> I am not that comfortable. Have you had any uncomfortable moments in- like that? <laughs> um, nothing that no. far, no. No, definitely not. No. <laughs> so a little background about Todd Phillips. Is that okay if I go into the director? It, I, I don't know how familiar you guys are with You're him. You're here to educate us, Ryan. He's done movies such as Road Trip, Old School, Starsky and Hutch. That one's not rated R. And The Joker, he directed, oh. the, uh, and I believe he wrote the latest Joker film. Like his earlier films, The Road Trip, Old School, you know, it, it, it's like he was kind of pigeonholed into this place of directing films based on frat houses and, and colleges mm. and stuff. I don't know if you guys have seen any of those, Road Trip or Old School? Nope. Nope. 
Well, <laughs> if you add want it to, to the list, we can add it to the list. <laughs> he appears in all of his films pretty much. He in this film, he's the guy in the elevator. In the credits, I think it's listed as Mr. Creepy. He's going down on a woman in the elevator. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. I remember that. It was oh, right. It was right towards yes, the beginning, right when they got to the hotel. I yeah. do remember that. Yep, that's him. Before directing, he appeared in the HBO docuseries Taxi Cab Confessions as a taxi driver. Like that was his profession. He was a taxi driver before he became a director. Wow. He originally planned to direct Borat, but dropped out due to creative differences. But he came up with a lot of ideas for that film, and he's developing a biopic about the life of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hasn't that been in the works for like a it's, really long it's time? It's still in development and it's still... Liam Hemsworth? It's attached to Chris Hemsworth. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. Well, well, I can't imagine Chris Hemsworth as, as Hulk Hogan though. Like He has the physicality. Just right. Put, slap a mustache on him. Can he get the goatee? Or no, it's not a goatee. It's like a it's handlebar mustache. It's like a mustache, handlebar right? mustache. Okay. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Fuck Hulk know. Hogan, by the way. <laughs> that guy sucks. <laughs> Wait, wait, okay, so we're going to go off on a tangent now, but what? why fuck Hulk Hogan? Oh, he's... he's Is it the, has to do with the reality show? or Yeah, the, I mean, he has a lot of history of super racist remarks. Oh, okay. And, uh, just a misogynist and fucking an a-hole. Like, Fair enough. I, I like how I censor, my, <laughs> censor part of my sentence. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Holy fucking crap, you guys. What a fucking poophead, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I don't know. Research him, I guess. You know, do, make your enough. own opinion. You know, I just, I just have like the '90s little kid wrestling picture of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So I, I've just learned never to like put people on a pedestal because you're, you'll always be disappointed. No, I do. I, I have to say, I did enjoy his entertainment as a child, though. For so. real. Who's your favorite wrestler? Andre the Giant. Oh hell yeah! And um, Ultimate Warrior was pretty kick ass. Okay. And Jake okay. the Snake, man. Um, Jake the Snake. Do you remember Sting? Yeah, I remember Sting and like the Undertaker. The Undertaker was Randy Savage, Macho Man Randy Savage, and Rowdy Roddy Piper. I remember all those guys, Big Boss Man, and like all those guys. Jesse, did you ever watch wrestling? So I did. Uh, my my time was a little bit after you guys. Are yeah. you like John Cena? Uh, yeah. Generation was, X. A little, yeah, a little stereotypical, you know, John Cena, but yeah, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, dun, 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 dun. Generation X. They were they were they were good. Stone Cold oh, yeah. Steve Austin. Yeah, he was like right before, right before my time, but like he would come back and forth every now and then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Ray Mysterio Jr. Oh, Ray Mysterio's good. Yeah. Cool. So why don't we get into the movie? Just gonna, I'm just gonna go beat by beat, kind of, and cool. and you guys intervene whenever. We'll we'll talk about the scenes. Awesome. We open up with uh, Doug's wedding preparation. Phil, played by Bradley Cooper, calls Tracy. Who is the the bride to be, right? Oh yep. no, Tracy is his his wife. I don't no, know, he, it's the bride to be. It's the bride to be. Yes. Yeah. And he's saying we fucked up. We can't find Doug. <laughs> um. So yeah, it, it's it kind, kind of, of very backwards, so. right? And then we get a Danzig song, and we get a bunch of desert shots of Las Vegas, and then we jump back a couple weeks. So timeline kind of jumps around a bit, and we get the scene that you were talking about, Josh, with Zach Galifianakis and his. Yes. Uh, his jockstrap? Was that what it was? A jockstrap? I'm pretty sure it was. It was a jockstrap. It was a jockstrap, you guys. <laughs> and, I um, do people wear people don't wear those anymore, do they? Not unless well, they're in sports that, that I'm aware of. Right. Pe even people in sports well, wear jockstraps? Well, no, they, they wear like compression shorts with a cup. Hold. With a cup. Yeah. 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 You don't need a jockstrap anymore. That's no, very no, that's old fashioned. Like 70s, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like old that's, school. That's John Stockton that's era. Yeah. <laughs> yes, got to drop in the Utah Jazz reference. Right, with the short shorts. Short shorts. <laughs> so we get Alan, played by Zach Galifianakis. He's uh, Doug's brother-in-law, and he's talking about his trepidation of hanging out with Phil and Stu at the bachelor party coming up in Vegas. <laughs> Sorry. Did you guys, uh, I, I want to go off on a little tangent here. Did you guys have a bachelor, you guys are both married. I'm married as well. Did you guys have a bachelor party? No bachelor party. I slept on my couch and watched TV till I fell asleep the night before my wedding. Really? Yeah. I was robbed. Is there a reason why you didn't have one? Or why you didn't feel like you needed one? Well, as a member of the church, like none of the stuff that in pop culture that you do at a bachelor party would be okay. Vegas is like no bueno. You don't go to Vegas. Keep going. I'm going to pour myself some Vegas, more whiskey. <laughs> Vegas is Sin City and all of the bad things of the world and Babylon and all right. of the crap. Okay, so... You, the heart of Mordor. For At least for me, no, that was never... That never would have been a thing. But also, you know, I'm socially awkward and don't have a ton of friends and probably would not have enjoyed a bachelor party. I don't know why. That's that why we're laugh, the I'm best sorry. friends that anybody could have. So you know. <laughs> what, what about you, Jesse? Did you end up having so, a bachelor party? Uh, no. So I mean, I 
I would say no, I did not have a bachelor party. I was supposed to have one, but uh, COVID <laughs> happened. Oh, and shit. my best man lives in New York, and he wasn't able to make it. Oh, fuck. So uh, I ended up playing video games with him online. Wow. So that was... And then I think my brother came down, because he was the stand-in best man. Yeah. And we played some board games like at night so you know it was it was very very low-key it was basically just game night that was my oh, really? that was <laughs> my game bachelor night. party <laughs> i mean that's better than nothing yeah you know yeah i'll take it i i didn't realize you were so recently married uh, considering oh, yeah, covid we, i was i was married last year been cool. uh what 15 months now wow well i so we need to we need to plan like a belated bachelor party we do let's go uh, all of us right on <laughs> Vegas, baby, let's go. No, no roofies. Vegas all, or Wendover. <laughs> you can have your bachelor party that you never had, and I can have my bachelor party that I never had. Yeah. Did you have a bachelor party, Ryan? So, no. I, I never had a bachelor party. My wife and I had a long-distance relationship starting out. Then we had kind of a long engagement. Uh, she uh, came from the Dominican Republic on a visa, and we got married and like... No, it felt really weird, you know, like the wedding for both of us was super weird. We went, we got married in the temple and then never went back. You and guys had, did you guys have a, like a reception? We had a reception. I'm pretty sure I went to your reception. Yeah, we had a reception at one of the chapels and it was all planned by my family, by, by my mom. And it, it was nothing that we wanted. It was know? like a Relief Society wedding. It was your That's typical we Mormon wedding. Right. We were all, we were both very disappointed by it and we both going back, we would have done things differently. To be honest... We probably wouldn't have gotten married so young. That's well, that's where we're at. When you you want to get deep into religious issues, and especially in the in the LDS Church, the Mormon Church, that's that's an issue, right? Like people, yeah. the people in authority in the church, they really push getting married young and fast, and having kids super fast, and uh, it's not healthy. Oftentimes, it ends in some, it's some not really unhealthy relationships and unhealthy results. Yeah. I think Utah has one of the highest divorce rates for for a reason. Yeah, we're getting married after three months of knowing somebody. Yeah, at eighteen years old, you know, right, it's gonna right. happen. And then they're pressured. There's a lot of external pressures to have kids right away and build that eternal family right away. Sure. Yeah. You know, I that's how Marissa and I were. My wife and I. We met in September and were married in January of the next year. So we were super fast. I think we we're pretty lucky. Like we're definitely an exception to yeah to other instances or other cases. But yeah, you guys have rough, a good bond. It's it, it's it's rough, man. I mean, even though I'm happy and I, we're feeling good about things, like. If we were to go back, it would be a little different, I think. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I feel like there's a lot of things, and my wife feels the same way. We've had many chats about this, about stuff we missed out on. And oh, this movie no. just reminds me of that. You know, there are, yeah. <laughs> even though they get into a lot of hijinks that I would never want to get into in my life in this movie, there's a lot of fun shit that's going on that I just missed out on. You know, gambling for one. How, how, how about we talk about gambling? Um, what do, what are the church's views on gambling, Jesse? Uh, as far as I'm aware, no, no bueno. The pursuit of a game of chance may seem like harmless fun, but there attaches to it an intensity that actually shows on the faces of those who are playing. The church has been and is now opposed to this practice. Don't <laughs> so, do it. You guys, I went... I gambled for the first time two weekends ago in nice in wendover nevada and you kind of broke even right uh no we so my wife and i we each brought 50 bucks okay and it was just you know our entertainment money when it's gone it's gone and we're done you know that kind of thing so we each you know we sat at the blackjack table nice we were there for maybe maybe an hour like we did we did okay and then you know we tapped out we were all out of our 50 bucks and we were done so you didn't hit the slots at all uh, we did a teeny tiny little bit of slots on the way out. There's something about the slots. It's like a dopamine hit. Um, well, there is psychology behind right. that, Ryan. <laughs> but do you get that same pigeons and rats? But yeah, do you get that same dopamine hit from uh, blackjack tables? I don't know. I thought blackjack was kind of boring, to be honest. But it was no. I mean, when you get when you get a blackjack, it's freaking awesome. It's <laughs> it's a great feeling. Yeah. Um, have you gambled before, Jesse? So I don't gamble. Per se, I have recently thrown my hat into the ring for a uh, crypto stock market type trading. Thing, okay. Which is basically just legal gambling. A sort of gambling, yeah. Currently, I am down $35. <laughs> so, not doing great, but you do get that dopamine feeling when it goes up above what you put in. It feels great. 
Yeah. It really sucks sure. when you're down, and I've been down most of the time. Not a huge <laughs> loss, though. 35. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I put 100 bucks in. I'm down 35 right now. You know, right. It'll probably go back up at some point, but you never know. And I think it's weird that gambling is no-no, but I'm sure lots of members of the church are in the stock market and crypto. It's the is same it, thing. Is gambling, is it a really strict, documented rule? Or is it just culturally enforced and so, put out there? So, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure. So, if you look at the actual history of the church, Brigham Young had, like, pubs that he opened. And, like, there was, you know, they served alcohol. And I'm pretty sure they had gambling. And, you know, the, the early settlers that had all these things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I don't know about you guys, but I was taught growing up in my family that gambling was wrong. Oh, to the extent that if you go to like a boys camp or a young a youth camp, you are not allowed to bring face cards. Right. That's like a that's a really strict rule. Well, that's not more of a anywhere. thing like like it's linked to the devil somehow. I I don't know, but I know it's a it was a very strict unwritten rule that right. face cards were like evil. Right, but if it had like a cartoon like like Yoda or whatever on it, yeah, it's like fine. Uno cards yeah. are okay. Uno's fun. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's just, it's you can't play solitaire, but you can play Uno. It's, it's a lot of, like, doctrine that's left open to interpretation, and then, you know, I don't know, leaders will interpret it their own way, and then local leaders, they'll get up to the pulpit and say, hey, members, remember, don't gamble. And then they do all this but, sorted shit on the, on the, during but the then, week. But then twice a year, you sustain, or it's not a vote, but you sustain all of the leaders of the church to say that you will do what they say. And in, in to go to the temple, which is basically like the place to go while you're a Mormon, right. it's like the pinnacle of Mormonism, you have to say that you will follow the prophets and, and local leaders. I've reached the pinnacle of Mormonism. <laughs> it, it's actually not. When you first go to the temple, it's not the pinnacle of Mormonism. No, you just get to go to one room. And you there are other out. stuff. There's yeah. other stuff, but... <laughs> But you're supposed to, you're supposed to follow your local leaders as if they are speaking for God, basically, right? They're yeah. they're supposed to be inspired. So when you have someone that's preaching things over the pulpit, even if it's personal opinion or just a cultural norm, we're talking about gambling. You're supposed to do it. That's true. You're supposed to follow. That's true. It's just like no watching TV on Sundays and no drinking caffeine. It's like uh, stuff that members interpret it themselves. I, I don't know. But they enforce. But. It's culturally enforced, mm-hmm. you know? It's enforced within the system, it, but unwritten. It's, it's like an, baseball. Yeah. Like, uh, the unwritten rules of baseball, <laughs> yep. okay? Yeah. Someone on your team gets beamed by the Sports talk! Yeah, We're sports. now transitioning to sports talk! Sorry. <laughs> and then you, you know, whatever. You know. If you're familiar with sports, you understand what I'm saying, but... I'm a dumb dumb. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> well well said, uh, They're well unri- unwritten rules, but that are definitely enforced by the, by the membership. Right. We went off on a huge tangent there. We did, but you um, know what? It's about gambling, and there's lots of gambling in this true. show. There's so a lot okay. of there's a connection. A lot, but, you know, it's, I mean, gambling with their lives, yes, probably. I'm sorry, but <laughs> can you imagine making $80,000 in gambling in one night? $82,000. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> so, so that's um, something that confused me a little bit. Was Ken Jong's character the one who won the original 80000 Did they steal it from him on accident, or did they win the eighty grand? Either they stole it, or he confused them with somebody else. Okay, because he he lost his purse. He lost eighty thousand dollars. Either way, he's freaking crazy. He he lost his purse, not a satchel. Yes, his purse. (laughs) European handbag. Doug gets uh, Mercedes Benz loaned to him by his father-in-law. This is a nice ass car, guys. Very nice. Uh, then we're introduced to some of the other characters in the movie. Uh, Phil, played by Bradley Cooper, is kind of a disinterested teacher. <laughs> He's like just not interested at all in his job. So something that I wanted to bring up about <laughs> him being a teacher. So when they first show him, he tells the kids that they have to pay $90 <laughs> for the observatory field trip. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it doesn't cost that much to go there. So I'm also was he embezzling from his students? He's yeah. definitely he, committing I'm, a I'm, couple federal crimes. I would have to say there probably is no field trip. Actually, <laughs> well, there he probably is. He but pockets the, all of that money. Right. Well, I'm pretty sure observatories are normally like free, free. to the public. <laughs> yeah. Like if you yeah. go to the space observatory downtown, that's free. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, you know he did he did pretty good. It looked like right. Uh, and I would imagine so. I mean, you know, it's got you know 
20, 30 uh, students and get $90 a piece. And he's using all this cash for the bachelor party. Right. <laughs> and so we get introduced to him. We get introduced to Stu, played by Ed Harris. Ed Helms. Ed, Ed Helms. Helms. I'm sorry, not Ed, Ed Harris. <laughs> the distinguished actor, Ed Harris. <laughs> no, Ed Helms, the comedian from such programs as The Daily Show, I believe. Ed Helms? And The Office. And The Office. The Office. So Stu, his character, has kind of a dominating wife who kind of... Not a wife. She's a girlfriend. Right. Not right. even a fiancé yet, yo. But she's cheated on him in the past, and he's kind of playing the, the beta cuck in this film. I hate that term. I don't even I don't know even what that know term what that means. means. <laughs> Never heard it before. But he's... Yeah, he just allows her to be completely dominating over everything that he does, and he can't be honest with her because she'll hold it against him. And it's obviously a very toxic relationship. Right. And then when he gets drunk and high, he turns into this, like, completely other person. <laughs> right. Because he's a dentist. He, he unleashes the doctor, or whatever he does. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know. Dentists are crazy, man. Speaking of doctor, there is some outdated slurs in this film. Stereotype? Wait, what? About doctors? No. Bradley Cooper shows up to Stu's house and says, Paging doctor, oh, F word. Yeah. This was 2009? 2009. Even by 2009, though, that was... I don't know. I was kind of getting I over say, that yeah, by that then. Was, that was pretty, pretty known, like, then. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, we're not going to say the word on this podcast, so no worries. <laughs> so they, they go on the road trip. They have a, a conversation about single versus married life, mm -hmm. about the benefits of being single. They arrive at the hotel, the, the Caesars Palace. And Bradley Cooper's character is asking for the villa suite because he doesn't want to share a bed with <laughs> any of the other guys. Specifically, Alan. Hey, welcome to Caesars. Hi. Hello. Checking in? Yes. Yeah. We have a reservation under Dr. Price. Okay, let me look that up for you. Dr. Price? <clears throat> Stu, you're a dentist. He's a dentist. Don't get too excited. Can I ask you a question? Do you know if the hotel's pager-friendly? What do you mean? I'm not getting a sig on my beeper. Is there a payphone bank? Bunch of payphones. Business. Um, there's a phone in your room. That'll work. So I have you in a two-bedroom suite on the 12th floor. Is that okay? Actually, I was wondering if you had any villas available. Phil, we're not even going to be in the room. It's unnecessary. It's no big deal. We can share beds one night. Oh, if we share beds, I'm bucking with Phil. You good with that? No, I'm not good with that. <laughs> Guys, you're not sharing beds. What are we, 12 years old? Lisa, I apologize. How much is the villa? Well, we have one villa available, and it's 4200 for the night. Is it awesome? It's pretty awesome. We'll take it. Give her credit card. I can't give her my credit card. We'll split it. Are you crazy? No, this is on us. You don't get it. Melissa checks my statements. Well, we just need a credit card on file. We won't charge you anything until you check out, so you can figure it out then. Perfect. That's perfect. Thank you, Lisa. And we'll deal with it tomorrow. Come on. Can I ask you another question? Sure. You probably get this a lot. This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did, um, did Caesar live here? Um, no. I didn't think so. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll, I'll totally yeah. be in your room with you, buddy. <laughs> we can share a bed. I cannot imagine sharing a bed with that guy. <laughs> Especially if he's wearing that jockstrap. <laughs> dude, that guy, that dude is like rated R Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, shit. It's true. Right? I'm telling you, like rated R Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> shit right there. So at this point, they arrive to the suite, and Stu is really simping to his fiance and lying to her about where they are. He's saying mm -hmm. that they're on like a wine tasting trip <laughs> in Napa California. Valley. Napa Valley, tasting wines, and and they're at this really uh, low beat hotel. And when they're really at a villa that costs four thousand dollars per night, <laughs> yeah, man. The group heads to the roof at this point and does what we just did. They uh, take some shots of Jägermeister. Whoop, whoop. And they good. all become part of the wolf pack. Right. All right. I want to talk about something. All right. I, I like to. I like to say something that I've prepared tonight. All right, Alan. Hello. How about that ride in? I guess that's why they call it Sin City. <laughs> you guys might not know this, but I consider myself a bit of a loner. I tend to think of myself as a one-man wolf pack. But when my sister brought Doug home, I knew he was one of my own. And my wolf pack, it grew by one. So where there, two of, there were two of us in the wolf pack, I was alone first in the pack, and then Doug joined in later. And six months ago, when Doug introduced me to you guys, I thought, wait a second, could it be 
And now I know for sure I just added two more guys to my wolf pack. All right. All right. Four of us wolves running around the desert together in Las Vegas looking for strippers and cocaine. So tonight, I make a toast. What? What do you got there? Oh, Then we cut to the next morning, and they're all inside the hotel room. Shit has hit the fan. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There is a tiger in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. There is a baby in the closet. The furniture is smoking for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) There's, I think, multiple chickens. (laughs) Poultry is running amok. (laughs) There's some lady. Is that... um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm sure that's Jade, that's who's Jade, running out right? of the, the apartment. Oh. I, I kind of thought that's who that was. But. Makes sense. And Ed Helms' character, is uh, Stu, is missing a tooth. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, Ed Helms, he never grew an adult incisor. And so that was, he just took out his implant, and that was his actual, that's how his actual smile Oh my god! Was. Well, I was wondering how they did that, because yeah. I was like, that's definitely missing. <laughs> yeah, like, that's hilarious. Ed, um, there's another actor, uh, Jim Carrey, actually. He has a chipped front tooth, kind of like I have. <laughs> he has a chipped front tooth that he shows in Dumb and Dumber. No. That's his real teeth. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I so when I was in high school, I, I lost one of my front teeth, so I had an implant that I could take in and out. Oh, yeah? Real fun to mess with people, especially <laughs> teachers. You get really good at it. Are, are you going to do that right now? No, so I have a permanent one. Oh, okay. damn it. <laughs> we could have uh, linked to a video in the, the notes, but we won't be able to do that. <laughs> oh, well. So, yeah, there's tons of signs of debauchery about the previous night, but they have no fucking idea what happened. No idea. Completely blanked out. You know, nothing. No remember. No rememberies. No rememberies. No. Nope. No rememberies. Is that a? That is not a real word. That's a T-shirt, though. Is Pretty it really? Sure I heard it from somewhere, but rememberies is a T-shirt. Check out our uh, our shop <laughs> our wherever, whenever we get it up. Yes, get to, buy some buy some uh, unrestricted <laughs> podcast merch. So yeah, they find this baby, <laughs> and Alan ends up naming naming the baby Carlos for some reason. <laughs> it looked like a Carlos. <laughs> totally a better name than Tyler. Okay. The things they do with this baby for laughs, I don't think would hold up today. <laughs> the whole. Uh, Jerking off. That was a little. uh, (laughs) Not at the table. Did they? I'm. I'm assuming they used a real baby. Probably. I'm pretty sure that was not a CGI baby. That was. uh, Who were those those parents? That was very post Ally McBill dancing baby, but. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, they were. Those parents had to have been paid handsomely and signed a very complicated waiver. Yeah. So they're they're at (laughs) breakfast with this baby, trying to figure out what the fuck happened last night, and they find out that Phil has a a wristband. He was in the hospital the previous night, Mm -hmm. and so uh, they decide to go there. But first, they go to the valet, and the the valet pulls up with a police car, (laughs) and says, "Here you go, gentlemen. Here's your car. (laughs) Here's your car, officers." Oh God. All right, everybody act cool. Like, don't say a word. Come on, let's just get it and go. Come on. This is so illegal. Can't you see the fun part in anything? Check this out. Oh, no, no, Phil, Phil, Phil. Don't do this. Take it easy. Just try to call more attention to us. Attention. Sorry. Attention, please. Move out of the way. I repeat, ma'am, in the leopard dress, you have an amazing rack. Get off the sidewalk! Get off the sidewalk! You should have been a fucking cop. Have you guys ever ridden a police car? Um, no, but I've been no. handcuffed. Okay. With, with I, regard to police or is Or this just Marissa. No, oh, this is a couple stories. This a, no, this is not going there. Is this a, a red light story? Okay. No, you guys know I'm a teacher, right? Yeah. So... So your students, your students will hear this. Right now. Your students will hear this. No, I got I got handcuffed by the dare officer. Oh, like as a demonstration. Okay. Okay. Um, if so any of it my wasn't that students kinky. ever watch this, I will probably die. There actually. was no kink involved with the handcuffs. <laughs> no, no kink. Okay. Just for demonstration purposes only. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. Did he beat you to a pulp to show you what they usually do? <laughs> no, and no taser or anything. So I didn't get the full experience. Right. Did he show all the kids all the drugs that are <laughs> existing? No. And this is what you do if they resist arrest. <laughs> Face on the desk. No, nope, nothing like that. Just a little handcuffing. 
So the group takes the police car. They end up going to the hospital to investigate what happened the previous night. Apparently, Phil had a minor concussion, and they did a test on him and find out that he was drugged by roofies. And this is where we find out that the group was drugged by roofies, and that's what is causing their memory loss. Mm -hmm. It's a side effect of roofies, you know? Right. Otherwise, known really? as it, it's the we're asking the farm. No. We're asking the pharmacist. So Jesse is a pharmacist, by the way. <laughs> I, I'm I'm in school to become a pharmacist. But Fair yeah, enough. no, it's it's not really a side effect. It is the effect oh. of rupees. So rohypnol, obviously, it's known as the date rape drug, which is very it's 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 dark history, right? But what is it for? Like, what is it really for? I actually don't know the history of that. I've never looked into it. I never. It doesn't actually have a medical purpose. It probably does. Um, I've never looked into it to see what what that is. I wonder if it's like a sleep aid or. Well, because maybe you could perform a surgery without anesthesia. Oh, that might. That makes sense. If maybe you know, you use a local anesthesia. We are not medical we professionals. Are, yes, please don't. I'm not even gonna. No, I'm not even gonna. Can't go there sue anymore. us, bitch. Oh shit. Anyway, <laughs> after the hospital. They head to the wedding chapel. They find out that Stu, Ed Helms' character, eloped with a stripper slash escort. <laughs> Not a prostitute. We don't use that term anymore. We are very PC on this podcast. Are we? <laughs> Josh, you are the most PC person I know. Well, I thank mean, you. He's got a Mac, though. He's got a Mac. That is... The, uh, it's not a PC. You ain't PC unless you got a Mac. No, you're right. You're right. He's not PC because he's got a Mac. I'm sorry. I'm I'm a little. Oh, right you guys. I'm sorry. I just got. <laughs> Come on, dad joke. <laughs> I don't even have that right? alcohol tonight. Jesus. <laughs> it took me a while to get it. To. <laughs> you guys, got to get on your game. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so they find out that Stu eloped with uh, Jade, the escort, and as they're leaving the cha- the chapel, two armed thugs looking for somebody ram their car. <laughs> the police car. Right, ram yeah. the police car. What happens here? They start yelling at him. They're like, where is he? And right. they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and at this time, Ed Helms' character is also on the phone with his uh, abusive oh, girlfriend. Right. <laughs> Let's call it that. Because she is hey, pretty yes, damn abusive. Call it what it is, man. This chick sucks. Very much so. <laughs> it's okay. Heather Graham's way better. Heather Graham's a much better woman <laughs> and, I'm guessing, partner to any of her men. Yeah, so, and then we meet Jade, the escort, Heather Graham's character. We get her scene of her uh, breastfeeding, and the character is being uncomfortable with that, and that's kind of weird. They're just boobs, you know. Yeah, you know. You see Freedom. one, you've seen them all. Yeah. Well, <laughs> They're all different, but yeah. That's not know. technically true. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's many a different areola. That, that's true, that's true. <laughs> Welcome to the areola podcast. I'm, I'm sure Tyler knows the difference. It's I'm true. just saying. Tyler, the creator? The no, baby. Tyler, the baby. Oh. <laughs> he knows the difference. The one being breastfed. <laughs> and so, um, at this point, the police arrive and they arrest the trio of the film. Uh, we're brought to the police station. And they somehow work out a deal to, <laughs> they, they work out a deal to be released. But they have to become <laughs> subjects of a taser demonstration. Of a, t- of a taser demonstration Yeah, first. like that one time I got handcuffed. <laughs> <laughs> for educational purposes. <laughs> That's right. It's for the children. Okay, kids, you're in for a real treat today. These gentlemen have kindly volunteered to demonstrate how a stun gun is used to subdue a suspect. That's right. Wait a second, what? what? Now, there's two ways to use a stun gun. Up close and personal. Or... You can shoot it from a distance. Now, do I have any volunteers who want to come up here and do some shooting, huh? Not you, fat Jesus. Slide it on back. You, pretty boy. You don't really want to do this. You can do this. Just focus. Don't listen to this maniac. Let's think this thing through. Finish him! (laughs) Right in the nuts! That was beautiful! Okay, same instructions. Just point, aim, and shoot. There you go. That's the stuff. I like the intensity. Eye of the tiger. Good. You're holding 50,000 volts, little man. Don't be afraid to ride the lightning. Stop! No! In the face! In the face! No! <laughs> Some of these big boys, you gotta give them two shots. 
All right, kids. Who so, uh, did Officer Dare ask to use his taser on you during this demonstration? No. <laughs> Probably a good thing. Yeah. Uh, just a little tidbit about the movie production. Todd Phillips, the director, asked... Um, he, he was trying to get his actors to be tased with an actual taser. Oh, did they not? But they the, wouldn't do it. The Warner Brothers producer said, "Hell no! What the fuck are you talking about? You stupid ass monkey! You cannot tase actors. There are unions involved. You fuckhead! What the fuck? I mean, <laughs> was that is that wow. a, a direct quote? That was a um, quote. indirect quote. Um, paraphrasing a lot of paraphrasing by me, Ryan Sadler." <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, they get tased, and Zach Galifianakis gets tased in the face. <laughs> in the face! You see that, kid? In the face! By this really menacing kid. Where'd they find this kid? He looks evil. From my sixth grade classroom, that's where they found him. <laughs> but anyways, because of this deal, they get, you know, they get out, they get the car back from the impound, but as soon as they get the car back, they start hearing noises from the trunk. That was so realistic. <laughs> it was pretty good. The noises are a guy that pops out, and uh, we're introduced at this time to Mr. Chow. Not just pops out, so, leaps out. <laughs> before we go to that, I want to point out that they heard him because they pulled over because there was a used condom in the car that was being thrown about. <laughs> oh, shit. And I still want to know where did that come from? Was I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Like, what, what happened in that car? I totally I forgot know. about that. It was too big of a condom for Ken. I'm sorry. I'm that was rude. Let's um emphasize <laughs> used condom being thrown about and landing on Bradley Cooper's character's shoulder. There had to have been some leakage or something going on. I would imagine <laughs> so. Oh, God. Sorry for the... Because they found Wonderful they visual. found that with the lady boots that they were assuming I'm guessing was from Ken Jump. <laughs> right. So I, I would assume it's <laughs> it was small. his. <laughs> but like what I wanna know what happened. Because he has small feet. <laughs> yeah, they were like a size six, right? <laughs> yep, they were definitely his. He he uses a purse and, and lady boots. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he kicks the crap out of him and runs away butt naked. Yep. And you see, you know, you get to see everything. Well, yeah. They didn't use a butt, uh, like a butt penis double or anything? Uh, I'm pretty sure that was him. No double, just him. Good for you, you, Ken Jeong. Good Good for for you. You You know, you're a medical doctor and then you decide to get into acting and you just show everything. That's good for you. Right on. Ken Jeong stands here for life. Ken Jeong is a hero. (laughs) So at this point, Alan confesses to drugging the guys with... Rohypnol mm-hmm. with roofies, and the guys are pretty pissed at that. Um, we go back to the hotel, and they find a uh, new character there. Who do they find at the hotel waiting for them? Mike Tyson! <laughs> so this is where we get Josh's uh, lovely impression of Mike Tyson. Hey, everybody. This is Mike Tyson. Dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. I've been feeling better than a name and night. Oh, Lord. <laughs> This is all going in. You guys have my tiger. I need my tiger back. I'm a tiger. He was good in this film. Dude, was this, this was like the resurgence of Mike Tyson's fame. I it? have my feelings about Mike Tyson. I think he's a horrible human being, but he was good in this film. I, it, he, was, he was funny. <laughs> I laughed he was the funny. entire time. So Now kiss. <laughs> so yeah and then he <laughs> ends up <laughs> knocking out Stu oh yeah yeah no it wasn't Stu they, it was Alan was it, was Al- it Alan? was Alan he was pushed it Alan? Alan okay it was Alan did they right. at one point did they call him Fat Jesus <laughs> I don't remember that <laughs> Fat Jesus I think I'm pretty sure it's Ken Jong. was it Ken Jong? he calls him yeah. Fat Jesus no oh, no it, it was it was the cop when when the cop was like, we're gonna take okay. the pretty one. All I know is that was my Zach favorite line. Forward, and he was like, no, not you, fat Jesus. <laughs> All I know is that was my favorite line of the whole fucking movie. So, <laughs> fat Jesus. Then we get a lovely musical number by Ed Helms' character Stu, where he plays on the piano. What do tigers dream of when they take a little tiger snooze? 
Do they dream of mauling zebras or Halle Berry in her Catwoman suit? Don't you worry, a pretty striped head. We're gonna get you back to Tyson and your cozy tiger bed. And then we're gonna find our best friend Doug. And then we're gonna give him a best friend hug. Doug, Doug, oh, Doug, 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 Doug. But if he's been murdered by crystal meth tweakers, well then we're shit out of luck. So they gotta find out how to get this tiger back to Mike Tyson's house. The only way, I mean, the smartest way that I could think of is to drug the fucking thing. This is, so a, smart. These guys this is so a wild smart. creature. Yeah. I mean, they got all this rehypnol. What are they going to do with it? <laughs> Put it to good use. So, uh, I'm sorry, PETA. I know you're not going to listen to this, but like it was rent. funny. It was so, funny. According to animal rights activists or the animal rights um, organizations that monitor motion pictures... This film got like a A plus. Like they, they Oh really? They got a superb rating by for treating the animals the way you're supposed to treat animals on a on a film set. By drugging them. Oh no. You mean like <laughs> just on the set. Right. Okay, cool. Like they had real they had a real tiger. I'm glad they treated that tiger with respect. Right. Because tigers are gorgeous, amazing, magnificent and killing machines. Regal creatures. <laughs> we stand tigers. I like tigers. <laughs> I want a I want a cuddled tiger. I'm sure it wouldn't appreciate it, but I love <laughs> big fluffy animals. <laughs> Just want to cuddle them all. And so oh, yeah. they're transporting this tiger in the car, and the tiger ends up waking up from its drug-induced state, and uh, ends up they have to get out of the car to not be mauled by this tiger, um, Siegfried and Roy style. Yeah, he totally trashes that nice car. Beautiful man. Mercedes. Just inside. Oh my god. Gone. R.I.P. Mercedes-Benz. Like clawing the leather Just seats. Just the inside and, and the roof and the glass and, you know, everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> Outside looks perfect, though. They return to Mike Tyson's mansion with the tiger, just rolling the car slowly up the hill. At this point, Ken Jong's uh, character, Mr. Chow, returns and demands $80,000 in gambling winnings and says that he's holding Doug, their friend, hostage. They find the Doug! They find a dog. And so they go back to the hotel. They obviously need $80,000. What more are they going to do? They, they have to win it back. So Doug has this book about counting cards or something. No, not Doug. Oh, Alan. I'm sorry. Alan has this uh, book about counting cards, like Rain Man style or <laughs> who knows. <laughs> Alan saves the day, man. Yeah. That, that dude. He plays, uh, is it Blackjack that he plays? Yeah, I think they're playing Blackjack. Blackjack, I, I, right? Yeah, because he's counting cards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he plays Blackjack and wins $82,000, and um, they go back and uh, make the deal. They go to the desert and uh, make the deal to get their friend Doug back. <laughs> Funny fat guy falls on face. All right. We got the money. 80 grand cash. Throw it over. Then I give you Doug. Um, I'm sorry. First of all, good morning. We didn't catch your name last night. Mr. Chow. Leslie Chow. We would very much appreciate an opportunity to see Doug. Gotcha! <laughs> see, he fine. Now, give me money. Or I shoot him. And I shoot all you motherfuckers. Your choice, bitches. It's all there. Let him go. Ta-da. Ah! What, is this some kind of joke? Who the hell is this? That is not Doug. What are you talking about, Willis? That him? No, I'm sorry, Mr. Chow. That's not our friend. He, it's... Mm -hmm. The Doug we're looking for is a white. Ah! I told you you had the wrong guy, little boy. Where is Doug? I am Doug. Your name's Doug? Yeah, yes, I'm Doug. Uh, but his name's Doug, too. <laughs> Classic mix-up. Come on. Hey, Chow, you gave us the wrong Doug. So long, gay boys. But they got the wrong Doug. Yeah. They got Black Doug. Black Drug Doug. dealer Doug. Drug dealer Doug, <laughs> who gave roofies to Alan. You know, they earned that money. I'm sad they did not get to keep that money. But they did. No, they didn't. Yeah, don't Ken you Jong remember? Ken Jong stole their money. Yeah, but at the end, at when the they end. find, um, what's his name? 
to groom. But but they could have but they could have yes. had twice the amount of money. That's true. But they do find the original eighty thousand right. Doug. Right. So after they escape the clutches of Ken Jong, right. They uh they re- Ed Helms finally realizes And the reason he realizes is because Black Doug, uh, played by Mike Epps, the comedian, he uh, he says with roofies, you're more likely to end up on the floor than on the roof. So why do they call them roofies? They should be called roundies. <laughs> Bam! Roof. Keyword roof. Oh. <laughs> Calculations are happening in my mind. Okay, Ooh. so Ed Helms' character says, okay, I know where he is. Yep. They go back to Caesar's Palace. They find Doug in a sunburnt day's <laughs> Oh, that state. poor man. He's been up there all day, been all night. Been up there for like two days. <laughs> This poor guy. He threw the mattress previously in the movie to try and get attention, but apparently nobody... <laughs> that wasn't a big enough signal. So. Nobody bothered to check the roof. Yeah. I'm glad they found him okay, though. <laughs> Just a little burn. Yeah. They um, end up driving home for kind of a late a late wedding. Um, but they made it. They made it. They got married. Stu grows some balls and, and then- wakes up with Melissa. Stu? You avoiding me? Hey. Melissa. Oh my god. What happened to your tooth? Have you met Alan? Tracy's brother. Brother of the... Okay. Ow. That is disgusting. Why haven't you returned my calls? Well, there was a snafu and when we stopped... I called that bed and breakfast in Napa. They said they had no record of you even checking in. That's because we didn't go to Napa. Stu, what the fuck is going on? We went to Las Vegas. Oh, really? Las Vegas? Yep. Why would you go to Las Vegas? Because my best friend was getting married, and that's what guys do. It's not what you do! Really? Well, then yes. why did I do it? Huh? Because I did it! Riddle me that! You know, sometimes I think all you want me to do is what you want me to do. <laughs> I'm sick of doing what you want me to do all the time. I think in a healthy relationship, sometimes a guy should be able to do what he wants to do. That is not how this works! Oh, good! Because whatever this is, ain't working for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Since when? Since you fucked that waiter on your cruise last June, Boom! Told me it was a bartender. Oh, you're right. I stand corrected. It was a bartender. You're an idiot. You're a you're such a bad person. Like all the way through to your core. Alan, should we dance? And then Jeffrey Tambor is like, nice job. What stays in Vegas? Or what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Yeah. Also, fuck Jeffrey Tambor. Wait, look, is, that, look that up. Is Jeffrey Tambor a fucker too? I'm sorry. Fuck Jeffrey Tambor, that motherfucker. Look it up. <laughs> Okay. Why does everyone in Hollywood have to be terrible? I don't know. People are imperfect, but some people are, like, major fuckheads. Just... I still want to know what happened, though, when Jeffrey Tambor saw his car. Oh. Does that happen in Hangover 2? Well, you guys have seen Ferris Bueller, right? Yes. Bueller. It's been a long time. (laughs) It's kind of like when uh, Ferris's friend wrecks his dad's car. Maybe it's something like that? I don't know. I don't remember the results of that. So I mean, they had eighty thousand dollars, which would probably pay for a good amount, but I don't think it's going to pay for. But the whole also car. for the damage to the hotel room and stuff. A Mercedes Benz. That's we're, true. We're talking like that's a hundred three hundred thousand dollar car. It's, yeah. a, it's an old classic like Mercedes. <sighs> did I don't they? Know them all, but yeah, did they really destroy room? an old car like that in the movie? Probably. Oh, they do it. All I the mean, time. I, I imagine that's part of the budget. Those motherfuckers. Sometimes sometimes they make replicas and destroy those, but it okay. just it's it's hard to say. But yeah, you bring up a good point. That hotel room, like how much did that cost? Two more nights more money, oh more than eighty thousand. I guarantee you, all like the destruction they yeah, did. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, there were lo- there were like many bottles of champagne and like. <laughs> Monster and just everything. So like, there's just they spent so much money. Monster. So so apparently, how much money did Monster spend to get their <laughs> three dollars uh, a can? Movie? Probably, <laughs> probably not as much as Jaeger. Oh, by the way, guys, uh, Monster Energy drinks are of the devil. You can look that up on YouTube. I like Monster Energy drinks. Why are they of the devil? There's this lady. There's this YouTube video of this lady, this uh, evangelical lady, explaining why Monster drinks are of the devil. Well, in I did read an article in the Mormon magazine called The Enzyme that said the energy <laughs> drinks are basically of the devil. Oh, so. shit. But I do enjoy a monster now and then, I have to say. 
along with other drinks like the bourbon that or the whiskey that I'm drinking right now. Right. So so apparently with the destruction of the hotel room and everything, so apparently that was a sound stage. They did film everything else, like the exterior shots and, and the Vegas strip. They that was the actual Vegas strip and that was the actual Caesar's Palace Hotel Casino. Yeah, cool. So yeah, then we get the last scene. They find Stu's camera, and they decide to delete the pictures, but only after looking at them once. One time. And Q, then we Q see Flow write a song. all of the nudity that should have been in the movie. So what bothers me, though, is they say that in the pictures, they it shows what happened to Bradley Cooper's character and how he got in the hospital. Yeah. But they don't show any pictures on how he got into the hospital. What Is the that fuck a happened? They so, just left so many questions unanswered. Yeah. Do they answer them in any of the subsequent movies? So there are two sequels to this movie. The second uh, movie, they go to Thailand, and it's pr pretty much a rehash of the first movie. Oh. You know, they, they rehash the same jokes. Kind of like the second Ace Ventura movie rehashed all the same jokes. I love the second Ace Ventura yeah. movie. But Ventura. the part where he comes out of the rhino's vagina. <laughs> it's not the vagina, it's the butthole. That was life-altering <laughs> cinema. It was. Jim Carrey is a master class. He is a mastermind. No, but uh, yeah, same jokes. It wasn't good. Um, the third one was more of an action movie than a comedy, so I, I wouldn't recommend any of the other two. Really? As they're not going to be on the list. Is I might Ken watch Jong them anyway. The but Ken Jong is in both of the second one and the third. Okay, I, I've oh, seen God. bits and pieces of the it second is one. All, the, is all of Ken Jong in the second and third no, movie? No, but... <laughs> In the third one, he does fly by parachute over the Las Vegas Strip singing R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly. I love that song, although R. Kelly's a shithead too. So. Right. <laughs> Come All on, right. Hollywood. Just be good. Be good. Just, just be good people. Why do you have to be different than any other person? We're reaching out to you, Hollywood. Just make good choices. Hey, Hollywood. You know, choose the right. Choose. Hey, Hollywood, have you heard Choose of CTR? right when a choice is placed before you. Hey, Mr. Hollywood, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, let's get to okay. overall impressions of the movie and score the fucking thing. Let's start with our guest, Jesse. So, overall impressions, like I said at the beginning. Very funny movie. Plotline was a little predictable here and there, but it still had me guessing um, for a couple things here and there. Like I said, a lot of unanswered questions. Golden Idols, I'll give it a three and a half. Oh, that's pretty good. Woo! Pretty good. It, it, the, Hell yeah! It's, it, first and foremost, it's a comedy movie. Made me laugh. Made you laugh. So what it's all, all it's got to do. That's all you're hoping for. Yeah. Fuck yeah. This movie did its job. I laughed the whole fucking time. Um, it wasn't necessarily life-altering movie. I feel like for for me to give five idols, it would have to be like a life-altering movie. Yeah. It would have to be the perfect movie. So I'm not going to give it a perfect score. But it was it was a great time, man. I loved this movie. I'm going to give it a four stars. Or not a four stars. A four golden idols. Bam, 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 bam. So fucking lame. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. Let's go. Um, I am going fight to... Fight me, Ryan. Fight me. You know what? I'm going to be in the hand-holding club with you. Let's all hold hands. Four golden idols. Woo! This, ha this movie has a, has a lot of nostalgia factor for me, um, being one of the first movies I saw with my wife as a married couple. Just in the theater, we both enjoyed it. It was just a really good time. And yeah, it made us laugh our asses off, and, and we've been quoting it for years since. So, But, you know, isn't that the sign of a good movie? Hell yeah. Right? And I don't have any nostalgia factor going into this, but I, I loved it anyway. You know what? This movie's great. It's awesome. Awesome. Now, uh, why don't we go ahead and get into picking our next film, oh, our next episode. Yes! Um, I can pull up the list you here. You have the list, Ryan? I'm definitely the most far gone out of anyone else here. Because we're <laughs> the three best friends that anyone could have. How many shots have you had and who's Woo! driving, by the way? I'm I am okay. not driving tonight. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are Sorry. welcome to... Uh, crash for a little bit if you need to. No, I'll, I think um, we're good. I Jesse, Jesse's a great driver. I haven't had okay. anything since, since Jesse. The you guys, so. audience, Jesse drives a Corvette, so I'm gonna be also if, style if Marissa, Marissa, I know you're listening to this because <laughs> you're editing it. I know you're out there. <laughs> if you happen to feel like this episode needs a female perspective, 
go ahead and record something about your thoughts about the film. Or just a female disclaimer at the beginning or the end or in the middle. Or, yeah. Like an intermission. Hey boys, it's Marissa jetting in to give my couple comments since I specifically got called out on them. Overall, I thought this movie was hilarious. I really loved how you guys did a great job at calling Jade a sex worker and correcting the whole prostitute thing, um, being kinder to them. I was really shocked that nobody called out the incredible office vibes while Ed Helms, who is Andy from The Office, sings the Tiger Nap song. I thought that was hilarious, by the way. It's like one of my favorite clips. Also, I wanted to kind of give an interesting spin that you was not given on The Bachelor Party and how... Doug's fiance just seems super chill about not hearing from him at all, even though they extend the bachelor party to the night before the wedding. As a bride, I think that would kind of freak me out, and I would have definitely tried calling or getting a hold of any of the men, especially my fiance. I also was thought it was really funny. I know by this point you guys were mostly intoxicated. <laughs> But when Ken Jung jumps or leaps or pounces out of the, the trunk of the car and he literally face straddles completely butt-ass naked Bradley Cooper's face. Full on like penis bush whatever in the mouth or at least close to it. And you guys mentioned the, the condom, but I thought it was hilarious that nobody, you kind of mentioned the leap, but you, I don't know. My first thought watching that was, oh my gosh, he's like naked face straddling Bradley Cooper. Um, I think that's it. I, I thought the movie was hilarious. I actually happened to be able to watch it with Josh as well as with Jesse. Um, it's one that I would watch again and really gave me some, some chuckles. So um, I'm just going to input really quick that I totally would rate this movie, I don't know, four? Four Golden Idols, which is pretty high for a comedy. This is one that I probably definitely would have judged as, as a, a full believing Mormon. And I actually remember people telling me how funny it was and me thinking, what a dumb movie that must be because of what it's about. Also, this is totally what every girl in high school and newly engaged thinks is going to happen at a bachelor party. Anyhow. Those are my quick thoughts. I will leave you all to jump back in and hear about the movie that Josh finally chose. The uh, the audio got a little a little uh, choppy and you know squirrel moments at the end. So I'm just gonna jump right back in from when they choose. So adios. I saw Atomic Blonde. Okay, oh, no. can we do Atomic Blonde? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. That's an Charlie Theron is really hot. Is that a new movie, right? It's fairly new. 2017. Okay, it's yeah. It's fairly new. I didn't know right that was on. right on. So All we're right. going from comedy to action. We are going to from comedy to action. Tune in next time for our review and our analysis of Atomic Blonde from 2017, starring Charlize Theron. Let's go. Anyways, boys, it's been a ride. It's been fun. Stay classy. Jesse, Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Jesse. You're awesome. No Thank problem. you for being it here, was, man. It was a joy. You're welcome back anytime. Josh, as we'll always. Here. We'll be here. We'll be happy to talk about movies next time. Thank you for joining us tonight. Go ahead, Ryan. Going to drink my last shot of Jägermeister. Woo! Good night, everybody. <laughs> there you are.